It's about time we pop this bubbly. Welcome back to Buckets of Black and Gold. This is episode three. I know it's uh, going on week five now, so we did miss a couple weeks, but I uh, had some, uh, like a family medical thing going on that I had to take care of, and I was on call for work the next week and had a super busy week, so I have not been able to get into the studio, but I am back. Um, miss doing this, so I wanted to get back into it. But I know we are a couple weeks behind, so I just wanted to get into it right now. I know there's a lot of uh, highs and lows that can come with an NFL season, and um, your mindset can really change drastically from week to week. Um, The last game that we covered was week three against the Seahawks, where the defense looked pretty strong. Mason showed some promise, but couldn't get the job done on the last possession. Um, I know that we really missed Big Ben. And we thought, okay, maybe Rudolph can pull off the uh, the last-minute comeback drive, and it just didn't work out that way, and the Steelers ended up losing the home opener 28-26. to um, It had a little bit of a sour taste in, in your mouth by the, by the end of that game, but week four was when it, it seemed like everybody kind of started to give up and lose hope on the Steelers. Uh, week four versus the Niners. Not as close as the score indicated. We lost uh, 24 to 20. The defense looked absolutely incredible. Five turnovers. Couldn't win the game. You cannot win the game. They looked all world on defense. You saw the emergence of Devin Bush. Mark Barron looked amazing. Make of Fitzpatrick, the new acquisition, was going berserk this game. Uh, the Steelers looked so good on defense. But their offense just looked so terrible. Um, you could tell that the offensive scheme was really bland, and you had handoffs to Connor up the middle, and you know, shotgun on third down, and throwing it, and not even getting to the line of scrimmage or to the marker, just dumping it off um, in the backfield. It, it just it did not look like a creative offense whatsoever. The Steelers, after that game, get torn apart on social media. Everyone's saying the season's done. Mason Rudolph sucks. Uh, even if they tank the rest of the year, what's the point now? Because you traded your first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, and that's a complete waste, um, even though he may be good in the future. But right now, we need help, and that's not helping us. We need a quarterback. Everyone's just freaking out. Mason Rudolph sucks. Just uh, all these different takes that you're hearing from everybody. So the Steelers at this point, 0-3, you know, down lowest of lows right now. The Browns have a hopeful game against the Baltimore Ravens, and if they win, they're in first place in the division. Well, what did they do? They went out and won that game. Take first place in the division at 2-2, two two, a 500 team, week four. They're in first place in the division, 500 team. 
What does that mean for the Monday Night Football matchup, rivalry, whatever you want to call it, Steelers and Bengals, where you don't really have that rivalry sense like you used to for these games? You don't have Ocho Cinco, you don't have Joey Porter out there, you know, you're missing some of the key elements, you you don't have um, Vontez Burfitt out there and Antonio Brown so, like, you get these Monday Night Football promos like, oh, these two teams really don't like each other. Well, okay, maybe that was some of the other guys. We really don't <laughs> we don't care that much. It's the Bengals, and they are, like, kind of bottom of the league right now. But you have this Monday Night game that's almost like a golden ticket. It's like a whole new lease on life for both of these teams. Whoever wins this game is effectively pretty much in second place in the division. Like, you're two winless teams. And the division's that bad that you could end up almost winning the division just from this one win. So, with that on the line, you've got the golden ticket out there. And uh, the Steelers punched in the black and golden ticket. An absolute decimation of the Cincinnati Bengals, 27-3. Mason came out, looked kind of like a game manager, but it might be all we need with this good of a defense. This defense absolutely destroyed the Bengals. Eight sacks, one interception. The front three are just completely dominant. Cam Hayward looks so good. He's severely underrated. Another severely underrated player on the Steelers, TJ Watt. TJ Watt is unreal. I watched that game and I thought, this guy very well could be defensive MVP, defensive player of the year, whatever you want to say. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He might be better than his brother at this point. And I'm not saying his brother currently. I'm saying where his brother has been at during his prime, TJ could be there. So, and another thing to mention about the defense, actually, each tier of the defense has a star. You've got Cam Hayward at the front. You've got TJ at the linebacker position. And you've got a, an absolute star in the making, Mega Fitzpatrick. He already is a star. He's going to be a superstar, man. It was so good to watch these guys play together. This defense... I mean, they're going to be a force in the future of the NFL. So it was very exciting to see them still play together, make all these turnovers. All the sacks were unbelievable. And I know that they were playing against a very beat-up offensive line for the Bengals. But just to see what they were able to do to them was really something to behold. So beyond the defense, the offense really came to life. Uh, They played just a a completely balls-out game, if you want to put it that way. And it's balls-out in the sense of the coaches seemed like they were almost coaching for their job at this point because there was so much talk about the hot seat for Tomlin, for for the offensive coordinator, for uh, Randy Fickner. It, it was completely crazy to see the Steelers, who always have a more of a traditional offense. You haven't seen anything like this since like Ken Wisenhunt ran the uh, Randall L 
throw it out to Heinz Ward and like all the reverses and the tossback passes and you know all these crazy like NFL blitz style plays. You haven't seen that in years from the Steelers. And all of a sudden, Randy Fickner busts out the Wildcat and consistently ran the Wildcat throughout the game. Not just a few gimmick plays here and there. No, no, no. We ran an NFL blitz style offense and it worked. It was very exciting to watch. Mason Rudolph, all he has to do in this offense is just dump the ball left, left, and right and let all of the, the motion pretty much do the work for him. I mean, he's just got to find a receiver that's running pretty much side-by-side side with him, almost like he's running an option to the outside and just, all right, let's fling it to uh, the wideout who's almost following me and trailing me. Um, you rely on motion a lot in this offense, and I, I think it's really good to see with all the talent that they have on offense that can actually um, perform to that manner. I, um, it, I, honestly, it was like an NFL blitz-style offense. It brought the crowd to life, completely unexpected. Uh, Mason, just with all these quick completions, started to look consistent, started to look confident, and then eventually can let off a bomb every once in a while. Which brings me to Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, I think, is going to have a pretty good career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, Mason Ruoff was able to hit him deep. He looked scared to death when that ball came down, though. He jumped for it when he didn't have to jump. That's like uh, playing backyard football and your one friend that's not very good finally gets a chance to make a completion and he's got to really show off. He's like, oh, dude, I'm going up for this one. And you make that jump. Like, I've done the jump before when I'm catching a ball. And it's completely unnecessary, but it's more of like, oh, shit, I can't believe I'm actually getting the ball right now. Well, let's jump, you know. Um, but once that confidence starts to build, this guy is going to be pretty good. The one thing I did want to see a little bit more of is uh, <laughs> that Rudolph to Washington combination from college. They showed a lot of highlights from uh, from Mason Rudolph bombing it to James Washington at Oklahoma State. And I, I do want to see that come to life a little bit more. But right now, the way this offense is running... Um, I'm perfectly fine with whoever we can get the ball to that can make some plays. Let them make the plays. James Conner finally gets over 100 yards. And then Juju had a pretty solid performance. And then you see Jalen Samuels taking a lot of wildcat plays from the QB position, pretty much taking the snap and uh, you know doing the option, either keeping it running it like a running back, or uh, doing just a couple little completions here and there. Really nice to see uh, one of the young players step up like that and to see that the Steelers are willing to put out as many offensive weapons as they need to to try to kind of salvage this thing. So the one big question is, can they keep up with this Wildcat? I'd like to see him continue to run this, to be honest. Um eventually you might see Mason from the gun, but it's not Ben's offense anymore. Not right now. Um, you have to deal with what you got, and right now, this works. It works for the, the people that they have in those positions. They saw something in the talent that that they thought, okay, if we organize it in this manner and and go with this personnel, we could really make this work. So changing gears a little bit, I wanted to bring you uh, this week in Steelers social media. 
So the one thing that I found very interesting that I was checking out uh, this past couple of weeks here were the uh, they, they're having these best of on the NFL Network. They have a hundred best plays, a hundred best teams, hundred best players, hundred best cheerleaders, whatever. But uh, hundred best games is one of the the great uh, the great things I've been seeing lately. So you've got number twelve, Super Bowl forty three. I mean that game was just unbelievable. The San Antonio Holmes catch it in the back of the end zone to win the game, uh, right after Larry Fitzgerald had pretty much ripped the hearts out of his college town Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, just cutting across the middle of the field, just burning the defense, and the Steelers come back somehow, some way. Big Ben, like John Elway, coming out throwing it to San Antonio in the corner of the end zone. Just unbelievable game. Uh, you had James Harrison with the the ninety nine yard interception return for a touchdown that would have been called back for holding twenty times in the current NFL. Um, just so many good games out there. Another. Good one that was in the uh, top 100 for the Steelers. It was the number 13 game. That was December 23rd, 1972. Also known as the Immaculate Reception. Yep. 13-7 Steelers win the game. In what also was ranked the greatest play in NFL history. The greatest play in Steelers history by far as well. The Immaculate Reception. Number 17, you've got the Steelers versus Cowboys, 35-31 in 1979 for the Super Bowl. Yep, that was Lynn Swan's leap. Just so many good memories out there for the Steelers that, that you can look back on on these 100 greatest lists. I highly recommend checking out those specials on the NFL Network. Um, a lot of good content, a lot of good insight from a lot of Steelers fans as well when you're watching those. You had like um, Brett Michaels uh, talking about um, the Immaculate Reception in there and just uh, all these different takes from all these different Steeler fans. I'm sure you'll probably have some Joe Manganiello takes. Just uh, all these different folks out there. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg takes. I mean, come on. I don't know. Did anyone else see uh, Snoop Dogg, by the way, sporting the Juju Smith-Schuster jersey on uh, halftime of Monday Night Football? So Juju actually played for Snoop Dogg's uh, peewee football team in California. Then Juju went on to play at Snoop Dogg's favorite university, USC. So Snoop's got to be a huge Juju fan now that he's on the black and gold as well. Which is one of Snoop's, like, what, 10 favorite NFL teams? He claims the Steelers are his favorite, though, so I'll I'll give him some credit here. But pretty cool to see some of these celebrities out there repping the black and gold and um, just showing love for the Steeler Nation. So one last segment I wanted to bring to you, and that is going to be the game preview. So, as you know, it is Ravens week, folks. And... As excited as I am to see the Steelers play the Ravens, and I, I guess kind of scared as I am in a way because they're going to be prepared for the Wildcat, and I hope we have something else that we can uh, kind of bring out there. It is going to be very interesting to see the Steelers and Ravens play 
for the first time in 17 years without one of these three players on the field. Big Ben, Joe Flacco, or T-Sizzle, Terrell Suggs. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen these guys play each other without, you know, some of these well-known names from this rivalry that really made it like the golden era of the Steelers and Ravens rivalry. I know that, you know, before then you still had uh, that Dick Ray Lewis out there on the field and you had uh, uh, Tommy Maddox. I'm sure he fared well against the Ravens, maybe not. Um Cordell had some pretty memorable games against the Ravens, I can recall. But it is going to be kind of weird because the Ravens have only been around, what, since 2000? Or sorry, since 96, but they were prevalent in in 2000, you know, winning the Super Bowl and all. They haven't been around that long, and a majority of the time that this has been a rivalry and an intense rivalry, you've had Big Ben out there playing for the Steelers. So it is going to be interesting to see... Um, how they fare against these Ravens I, could be a close game. It could be a blowout, though. I I don't know. I don't want to see it be a blowout, but it is going to be very tough and very interesting to watch. It is going to be even more of a challenge if we have the possibility of no Juju. I know that Juju has um, been playing with kind of a lingering foot injury that they mentioned has been prevalent since like week one. Uh, it could explain some of the drop-off in production. I mean, along with the fact that you don't have Antonio Brown on the other side of the field to you know, cause that distraction um, and uh, to draw some of the double coverages that Juju's been getting. But... It could be very interesting to see how the Steelers fare without Juju out there. It might be a real possibility. I'm expecting a big week from James Washington at this point. And I know everyone's kind of called him out before. And, you know, you know that Mason Rudolph was his quarterback in college. And those two had just a good rapport of being a deep threat together. Uh, Mason could bomb it. and Rudolph can just get underneath it, run and grab it, run with it and score. Um so it would be very nice to see them kind of develop that kind of chemistry once again. Um, in the offense that the Steelers are running right now, though, it's going to be a lot of underneath stuff, and you're going to see a lot of James Conner uh, uh, flanking out and you know hopefully grabbing some quick completions, that kind of stuff. Deontay Johnson just running some uh, routes across the middle there, maybe getting deep a couple times here and there, but... Uh, Nick Vanette, <laughs> I'm expecting a pretty good game from him. You're going to see a lot of uh, different players just making a lot of different plays for the Steelers. You're going to see quite a bit of dump offs and quite a bit of variety of the players that are, you know, uh, getting out there and making plays for them. I expect the defense to just still consistently be good. I would like to see the defense get. More turn, not more turnovers, but uh, <clears throat> to actually be able to capitalize on some of the turnovers that they get. I got a feeling if the Steelers are going to be successful, they need their defense to score here and there. Um, I, I don't know if this is going to be like it, it was the 09 defense or something like that, but there, there's some potential there for these guys to be able to actually put up numbers and close a game out by themselves. I expect the Steelers have to rely on something of that manner this week. And I'm hoping that they get the job done. 
If they do, I think it's going to be because of the defense this week. So that wraps it up for this week's podcast. I hope to be back with you guys next week. Uh, As long as my schedule permits, I'm going to try to make a podcast weekly. I vow to you people that I'm going to try to do that as often as I can. But everybody that's out there going to Heinz Field tomorrow, be sure to be fucking loud. We need you guys. We need the defense to step up. We need to beat the Ravens. We have to do it, man. If we can beat the Ravens, I think we have a chance to control this division once again. Thank you for listening. Go Steelers. Steelers are back again on the right track.